What you are about to hear are accounts of real pro wrestling events. Some names, mostly ours, have been changed to protect the innocent. Welcome to Snap Judgments. Welcome to Snap Judgments AEW Edition. I am your host, Detective Mark Sparks, and I'm here to cover what happened in AEW on Dynamite this week. Before we get into everything, I'm going to uh, let people know that Ron Order is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network, so make sure to head over to tatnusco.com, um, check out the other episodes on there, the other shows that are on there, give them a listen, tell them we sent you, maybe even leave them a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and then come back here for more episodes. Uh, before we get into this too much, I would like to apologize for how late the episodes have been lately, uh, this episode as well as uh, the episodes last week, have been delayed, and there's a reason for it, and it's pretty simple with the events going on here in America. I've found it really hard to be motivated to get behind a mic and talk nonsense about professional wrestling. It's it's a tough time. It's a tough time in all American uh, cities, in American counties, in American states. Um, and it's, it's tough around the world. Uh, the whole world is watching America right now as we... Uh, go through this test and in many ways we're failing and it's tough and you know I live here in Omaha Nebraska right in the middle of the country and there's protests in in my town peaceful protests and the police are shooting peaceful protesters in the face with beanbag rounds and rubber bullets for no reason where they're tear gassing their own people and it's really hard for me to feel like, hey, let's go talk about this fun sport of professional wrestling and and let's talk about what happened when Jungle Boy did this or whatever. When I know so many people in my own community, not not to mention the entire country, are hurting, are hurting from what's going on. And I don't want to turn this into a political podcast. I don't want to turn this into a Black Lives Matter podcast. I'm, I'm not qualified to speak on that. I'm, I'm a white guy in the Midwest. My privilege has allowed me to live a life that doesn't, hasn't been affected by the negative things that people of color in this country have to deal with. And as, as a, a white man, I struggle with it how how can I help my fellow man when I don't even truly understand their plight and I don't have an answer for that and that's part of why I haven't turned this microphone on I am recording this late at night on Saturday night AEW Dynamite was Wednesday and I've been sitting here going what am I supposed to say when I turn that microphone on it seems silly to talk professional wrestling. It seems silly to talk about this this comic book brought to life that is professional wrestling when 
so many people in this country are hurting and it seems like our administration not only doesn't seem to care about them but actively is working against them and i'm i'm ashamed of my country i'm disgusted with the police in my country right now i'm i'm disgusted with what i've been seeing from them these people are supposed to protect and serve they work for us we are their clients and we are the ones that they're supposed to protect and we're hurting and we are are showing our hurt publicly and getting tear gassed and rubber bullets shot at us and the media covering it gets tear gassed and rubber bullets shot at them and the administrations above seem to condone it and the the police departments seem to condone it you know and i like i say i don't want to talk too much about politics on this because this isn't a political podcast but i got to get some things off my chest on it there's a video that came out of a 75 year old man uh in washington i no in buffalo new york excuse me um he walks up to a couple of the police officers in the riot control unit. Um, I don't know what he said. He seems to be talking to them. He seems to be cordial, right? And they push him. They push him backwards and down, and he hits his head on the cement. And he's bleeding out of his ears, and he's laying motionless. And not only do these police not go to his aid and, and see if he's all right, they walk off. And dozens of officers near them walk right by this man and pay him no mind as he bleeds on the ground. And he was a white guy, right? And and it's gotten to the point where, you know, yes, as a white guy, I've been privileged, but the police aren't even caring about that anymore, I think. And since then, those two officers did eventually get charged. Right? They got suspended from the force and charged. And they... They're out on bail now. The only reason we know anything about this is the video came out. The police department originally released a statement that the guy tripped and fell. And then the video came out and showed that he was blatantly pushed. So then they charged these two officers. And 57 of the fellow officers on that riot control squad all resigned from their duties on that riot control squad, not because of shame of being involved in it, but because they felt those two officers who were being charged were being charged unfairly. How disgusting is that? And we wonder why people of color in this country have such little faith in our police department. And we wonder why they they're scared every time they get pulled over. I've been pulled over six or so times in my life maybe. Never once in my life have I been afraid of the policeman pulling me over. But I know I know people of color who have been afraid. And and this was the first time I watched it and and I was afraid as well. Something needs to be done with that. I'm not going to talk about what... I'm not going to go into that. 
This has been a ramble that I didn't even plan on getting into on here. I'm just kind of speaking from the heart here before I get to talk about silly wrestling. But I feel like we've crossed a bridge in this country that that I don't think we get to go back across so easily. And I know there are good policemen out there. But the problem is when good policemen do nothing, are they really good policemen? When good policemen stand by and watch a 75-year-old man get pushed down and lay bleeding on the ground, motionless, are any of those policemen good anymore? When good policemen don riot gear and go down and stand next to a bad policeman and watch as he shoots a homeless man in a wheelchair in the face with a rubber bullet. Are they good policemen anymore? I don't really know an answer to this. And that's why I've had a hard time turning on this microphone. Our country is hurting. And we need to come together and face it. But part of coming together and facing it is understanding the roots of the issue, understanding how deep it goes, understanding your part in the issue. I've never owned a slave. I've never actively participated in racist culture. But I'm still a white man in a society that has been built to benefit white men. I still grew up in a nice neighborhood, not a redlined neighborhood, where property values were high, so I was able to go to a good school, not a redlined neighborhood where they keep property values low, tax income low, so the schools are underfunded. I got into a college without hardly even trying and I truly mean that I really hardly tried and I didn't have any worry about admission it wasn't a great college it wasn't anything it was like Harvard or anything like that but I just said hey can I come to your college and they said okay and I can't help but wonder how many people of color would have liked to have had my spot and I wasted it I did three years as a theater major. And then I dropped out. Did I... Did I take that spot from someone who was more deserving? Was that my privilege? Probably. I've... Rarely been unemployed in my life. Not for long. The few times I have been unemployed, I've been able to find a job relatively fast. I know that that's my privilege coming through. So how do I... How do I rectify it? How do I play a part in the healing of this country? I don't know. 
I'm doing my best. I'm being very active on social media. I am I am spreading the word about the injustices. I am trying to educate my fellow white man to understand what they've benefited from on this and to understand where the black community is coming from when they talk about systemic racism in this culture. I share videos of police corruption. I I do what I can, but I'm I'm a I'm a guy. I'm not young. I'm not wealthy by any means. I've got a two and a half year old daughter at home and a wife, and we could not afford to uh, live the way we do if one of our jobs wasn't coming in. We would lose our house, our apartment, our townhouse, whatever you want to call it, right? So I can't afford to actively go down and protest. I can't run for office, really. I've got no qualifications other than I'm white. So what do I do? I advocate. I get the word out as best I can. I encourage others to do the same. I, I get people as much information as they can. I point them to, to articles uh, by the ACLU um, or, or the NAACP. I try to help people as best I can, but, you know, I, I feel like I'm barely treading water in this. And it's tough. And who knows, maybe you won't hear all this. Maybe I'm going to edit most of this out and it'll never hear the light of day. Maybe maybe it doesn't belong in a wrestling podcast. In fact, I'm sure it doesn't. So maybe I uh, just kind of move on and get back to the AEW Dynamite. But I feel like I had to get some of this off my chest. To any listener out here, out there listening to this who has has had to battle racism had to battle any sort of prejudice against them sexism homophobia islamophobia i'm sorry I'm, I'm sorry you have to deal with this. I truly am. You, you are valued in this world. Whether other people show it to you or not, you are valued. You, you matter. And I'm sorry if there are people telling you you don't. We've got to get better. We just have to. But I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry for all of you having to deal with this. And if any of you wants to reach out to me, you can send me a DM on Twitter. You can send me an email at rawandorderwbu at gmail.com. 
you can can uh, reach out to me in any way you can on our Facebook page. If you want to talk, I'm there for you. If you've been dealing with prejudice of any sort, if you've been dealing with bullying, which is a form of prejudice, if you've been dealing with any of that, I'm, I'm there for you and I'm happy to help. It'd be my honor to help in any way I can, even if it's just to be a sounding board, even if it's just for someone to listen. Because here I am, I've been talking for, based on my clock here, 16 minutes, give or take a bit, right? But I'm just a white guy from the Midwest. I want to listen. I want to hear what you guys have to say. I want to be a part of the healing of this country in some way. Even a little way. Even the tiniest way. So yeah. That's why this podcast is late. That's why I've had a hard time recording this podcast. Had a hard time focusing on AEW. It was a good episode this week and I barely barely paid attention because I was distracted by how shitty America is right now. And I say right now, that's a perfect example of my privilege right there. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all of you who've had to deal with this for your entire lives. And your parents' lives. And your grandparents' lives. I'm sorry. And, I, and if there's something I can do to make it better, I will. But let's go ahead and get into AEW. Let's talk about this episode. A full week removed from Double or Nothing. Last week, of course, we had Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian win a shot at the tag titles this week, which made no sense because Best Friends won a shot at the tag titles for Fighter Fest in four weeks. Why do other people get a shot before them? Makes no sense. But that's AEW to keep things open. AEW started... With a simple message, Black Lives Matter. They kept it simple. They didn't They didn't go too heavy into it. They didn't try to politicize it. They didn't try to make it about them. Black Lives Matter. And they do. Did feel like a little bit of a train wreck to go from Black Lives Matter to... Hey, let's talk about Mike Tyson versus Jericho. Crazy week, right? Truer words have not been. Kicking off the program, we had that tag title match. AEW World Tag Team Champions Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page versus Jimmy Havoc and Superbad Kip Sabian. Of course, Penelope Ford was there. It it was a great match. It was everything you wanted from a match. It was only hampered by one thing. In terms of the match, I never, ever thought Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian were going to actually win. Not because they're not good, but because I know they're building up to best friends versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. And so I don't think there was ever going to be a chance for them to win, right? 
Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian. There were some great moments, though. Havoc, of course, trying to cheat with the ring rope, uh, but but not succeeding. Uh, them them attempting to distract the ref so that uh, Penelope Ford could jump in and do her Hurricane Rana, uh, but Hangman just catches her and then just she's hanging there and he looks over at the ref and says, what do I do? And the ref says, drop her. And she says, drop her? Okay. And then he just plunks her down on the mat. That was fun. But in the end, we knew what was coming. Hangman Page and Kenny Omega get the, what do they call it? Last call, the the V-trigger, buckshot lariat combo, which I gotta be honest, I don't like. And I don't like it from this standpoint. It looks like it has no impact because they're both hitting the same area from the same from opposite directions at the same time right so the person just stands there um a perfect example of um a move like this that works is uh undisputed era you got kyle o'reilly and bobby fish when they do the up and down uh where kyle o'reilly sweeps the leg and bobby fish hits up top and the guy goes flying down and so i wish they would have kenny omega come up with a move that hits lower. So it's the Lariat at the top and, and Kenny Omega hitting something lower. It, Anyways, but Hangman Page and uh, Kenny Omega still AEW World Tag Team. Cut to a video backstage. Well, actually not backstage, but in the SUV of Sean Spears. Tully Blanchard comes in and uh, this is playing off of the promo that was delivered on online where uh, Tully Blanchard is embarrassed about the shenanigans that happened at Double or Nothing from uh, Sean Spears. And so he says, he says the search for Spears is over. He's no longer searching for a tag team partner, Sean Spears. Instead, he's got the missing piece and he hands a case to Sean Spears. And Sean Spears opens it and pulls out black fingerless letter glove and tries it on. And this has a lot of callbacks to Barry Windham and, and um, I'm totally blanking on Black, black Jack Mulligan uh, and their loaded gloves and their, their heel personas. And, and I'm hoping that that's the direction they go for uh, because Sean Spears is the goofy, cocky guy. It's not working. Sean Spears as the overconfident, dickish heel. That could definitely be. Moving on, we had Brian Cage accompanied by Taz destroying Sean Dean. Not much more we can say about it other than it was a squash and Sean Dean never had a chance and and that's fine because it was still fun to watch Brian Cage throw him around. Just belly to belly re-suplexes and all sorts of that stuff. Powerbomb him, chuck him into the turnbuckle, and then hit that drill claw, that Steiner screwdriver. That's what it reminds me of. I'm I'm 90% certain it's the same move, but doesn't look quite as dangerous when Brian Cage does. Steiner always looked like he was going to kill someone. Taz then grabbed the mic and called out Mox. Uh, said, you need to get your head in the game because you were laughing when we were talking and, and uh, Brian Cage is going to kick the shit out of you. And then John Moxley's music hit and he comes walking down through the where the crowd would be and that entrance doesn't have nearly the effect when there's no crowd there. So during these empty arena matches, no crowd, I almost wish they'd have him just through the regular entry for the time being. To see him just walk down through an empty arena just doesn't... But anyways, so they ended up with a little bit of a stare down between them. And then we move on to Alex Marvez uh, interviewing the Murderhawk monster. And this was kind of an interesting, interesting setup for this because... Alex Marvez was at some sort of construction site or something like that. Uh, Lance Archer was there beating up on some wrestler. 
for whatever reasons. Um, and then Lance Archer just goes off on, you know, how the loss means nothing. I've been doing this 20 years. There's not one person that's going to stop me or whatever. Um, I'm not here to be a damn spot monkey. I'm here to be a monster, he said. And and what was weird about this is through the entire time they had uh, Jake Roberts behind Alec Marvez looking scared. So I don't know if the story they're telling is that that Jake can't control Lance anymore or not, but maybe. Anyways, they do uh, go to a clip uh, private party backstage. Uh, broken Matt Hardy comes into the bar. He is actually dressed in his uh, Team Extreme, I believe, gear. So his his big old cargos and, and shirt and all of that stuff. And he's totally in that character. And I'm I'm digging Matt Hardy as as this guy who has multiple different versions of himself uh, that he can switch to seemingly at will. Um, Matt Hardy has lots of good things to say about Private Party. Private Party, of course, is like, oh my god, you're my hero. We grew up watching you and your brother. Um, Isaiah Cassidy then suggests that, you know, you hear, hear me out. Private Party, Matt Hardy, Hardy Party. And Matt Hardy smiles and says, I like it. That's got a good ring to it. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming we're going to see some six-man tags with Hardy Party versus other people here. As he leaves, though, Matt Hardy walks by Sammy Guevara in the hallway. Sammy with his mobility scooter from last week. Um, and and basically uh, says, we're cool, man. And gives him a namaste and leaves. And so it's, it's interesting. I, I don't know if this is building up to Sammy Guevara maybe leaving the inner circle. Maybe it's going to happen. I, I still think the storyline that they're going to play is that Jericho gets tired of Sammy Guevara losing and kicks him out and then Guevara goes but maybe it's going to be Sammy stops seeing how seeing that the inner circle is cool and starts wanting to be a good guy I don't know interesting thing about AEW is we've got no context to go off of so they could be doing any of that they move on to the announcement Fighter Fest is going to be broadcast over two nights night one is going to be Wednesday July 1st and night two Wednesday July 8th so it is a two-week event where every championship will be on the line live and free on TNT. So, you know, that's kind of a change of pace. Last year, Fighter Fest was free on Fight and Bleacher Report and wherever you watch it, you know. It was basically a free pay-per-view. This year, it's just replacing two episodes of Dynamite. But, I mean, that's nothing really new. They did it with... uh bash at the beach effectively so maybe that's going to be their new thing going forward maybe that's going to be the reoccurring thing that they've got their big four pay-per-views and then in between them they've got you know events that take over dynamite so that could be interesting moving on we had colt boom boom cabana versus Les champion chris jericho of course sammy Guevara and jake hager are out there with chris jericho um, I like Colt Cabana, but did we really? Colt Cabana was actually going to win in this situation. Uh, he had some close calls. He, he did a lot of good stuff, but in the end, it was it was heels with a whole bunch of help with them versus one good guy. So in the end, Judas Effect elbow and uh, Jericho wins. Like I say, I mean, it was it was what we expected to be. It was good, though. I mean, I enjoyed it. After the match, Tyson calls out Chris. Uh, Chris Jericho calls out Tyson, says the fight everyone wants to see. I want to taste the blood of Mike Tyson. 
I want the baddest man on the planet to come out here right now. Where are you? And then, a best friend, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy up on the thing. Orange Cassidy comes out, and I think that's that's hilarious. They've officially designated Orange Cassidy as the baddest man on the planet, uh, and that's awesome. Um, Orange came into the ring, put Jericho's hands into his, air quotes, pocket. Jericho didn't have pockets, so he just kind of tucked them into his belt, right? Uh, then put his own hands in his pockets, and then the bad guys charged at him, and he ducked, and he rolled outside, and they did fun stuff. You know, he did Orange Cassidy stuff. It was fun. It was it was a nice diversion. It was short, though, of course, because, you know, the rest of the inner circle came out to help. Um, they had a training video airing of Britt Baker on her road to recovery. More building up heel Britt Baker. Always good. Uh, Big Swole versus Nyla Rose was up next. Britt Baker was ringside in her um, in the back of one of those uh, golf carts that they've had. Uh, she's in the back in her wheelchair and in, in where the um, license plate area should be. They have license plates. On them. There's a, a cardboard that says Rolls Royce. R-O-L apostrophe is the role models. Rolls Royce. Good match between Big Swole and Nyla Rose. I mean, in the end, this was one of those things where um, I don't really think we expected uh, Swole to win, but it was really... It was close enough that it could have happened, so it was fun. It was fine. I enjoyed it. I like Big Swole. I like that they're putting a lot of um, emphasis on her. They're building a lot between her and uh, Britt Baker, so that might be the feud that they're doing next, which is weird because I really thought they were doing Chris Statlin in, but I'm fine with Swole versus Britt Baker when he comes back. Um, afterwards, Swole interviewed uh, by Kurt Schiavone at ringside. Britt Baker tries to ram her with the Rolls Royce and Big Swole threw a chair at Britt Baker and chased her to the back. So that was fun. Um, yeah. Earlier in the day, though, they showed Tony Schiavone, in Tony Schiavone interviewing Darby Allen. Uh, basically, you know, said he's not he's not allowed to enter the ring. He's, he's injured from double or nothing. Um, but Darby says, Brian Cage, I'll get the last laugh. You know, he's still out for revenge Brian Cage. Another interview with Tony Schiavone was FTR. Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, which is still really weird to say those names for me. Um, and I don't know why, because I didn't ever really do any reviews uh, of them when they were the revival. But their names just are hard for me to adjust to. Um, they try to clear up what FTR stands for. And they never really, really say. It's kind of funny, but um, I like the idea of it kind of not meaning anything. So, you know, they can modify it to whatever they need to. Um, it looks like we're going to see FTR in action on next week's Dynamite. So that would be good. Um, as the interview ended, we did have the Butcher and Blade storming the set. They had to be separated by security because last week... FTR attacked Butcher. So um, so that's going to be apparently the match next. Another interview, Colt Cabana about his loss of Chris Jericho. Alex Marvez asks him, and before he can really get a whole answer out, Mr. Brody Lee comes up and uh, kind of offers him a spot in the Dark Order and walks off, and Colt Cabana looks like he's kind of blowing it off, but it's me thinking. So that's an interesting twist there. I don't, I don't know if Colt Cabana... Uh, works in the Dark Order, but it could be fun to see. And then we come to the main event. Like we said last week, 
Cody Rhodes will be defending the uh, TNT championship on every episode of Dynamite as long as he is champion. I'm hoping that they're just setting that up to be the rule for that, that that's going to be whoever wins it has to. So last week, Jungle Boy won the shot to be the first person challenging for it. So this week, we had Jungle Boy versus the American Nightmare Cody. Arn Anderson in tow, of course. This was a great match. I enjoyed it a whole lot. Um, Cody gave color. I don't know if it was needed on TNT. Um, and I'm, I can't 100% say he meant to. I mean, he could be to the point now that his forehead is just so thin, like, like Ric Flair's had gotten, that all it takes is a little bit of a bump to the forehead, and now he's... Um, but this went back and forth, and, and this was set up where... You legitimately thought that there were times that Jungle Boy, and then in the end, uh, Cody was able to pull out the victory. But but it wasn't it wasn't a foregone conclusion, and that that's part of what made this. So in the end, a very bloody Cody hits the crossroads on Jungle Boy and gets the win. Um, and so he is the still the tag the TNT title holder. That's a bit of a tongue twister. Um, so yeah, that's how it goes off the air. Cody is still the TNT champion, and we will see who he defends against next week. It is interesting, online he did uh, specifically state that the challengers don't all have to be signed to AEW, so they might bring in some independent wrestlers to give them a shot. I'm sure entirely storyline, but this, this does pose a nice twist on things because it means that we'll see some fresh faces maybe we'll see some fresh on this they're not going to be just limited to the people that are on AEW's roster right um once travel is open i would absolutely love to see uh AEW give simon miller just a shot uh i think the publicity from that simon miller's got a large following here he's very popular and for them to even give him just a a walk-on challenge and walk-off uh, would be, but a lot of fun stuff on this. Like I say, the uh, vents of this mar this uh, and mar my enjoyment of it. I've heard some people say this might have been the best dynamite to date. I can't exactly say no to it, but I can say that due to the events of this week, I was not as invested as I was in some previous ones. Um, it was still a great show. 8 out of 10 citations, I guess. That sounds fair. 8 out of 10. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. The Cody match might have been the best of the night. Uh, for me, I really enjoyed it, although Jericho versus Colt Cabana was fun. Uh, the tag team match to start the show, a lot of fun. So yeah, you know, it was a good show. 8 out of 10 sounds sounds quite fair. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed AEW this week. Uh, let me know if you don't like the fact that I've cut AEW Dark out of the... Let me know. Give me some feedback on that. I just I just felt like it was important. Um, and again, I apologize for this episode being late. I apologize long at the... I had some stuff I need to get off my chest. It's a tough week. Just to be getting a little tougher. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Raw and Order is, of course, part of the Tatnus Co. podcast. So go head over to tatnusco.com and see what all the other shows are on there you can also head to our patreon page patreon.com slash raw and order wbu you can join up there get access to our discord server uh commercial free versions of these episodes a whole lot of great perks there so head on over there 
You can also go to our shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU. I will have the link in the show notes for this, the doobly-doos, as well as in uh, pinned tweets on my Twitter. So speaking of, you can go to raw and or you can go to Twitter and follow me at raw and order WBU. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening and we will see you.